0: The views and opinions expressed on the Untold History Revealed podcast are solely those of the individual stating them, and are not necessarily those of the Untold History Revealed owners.
1: Now sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea as we discuss some moments in history that may have been untold or forgotten.
0: Another episode of Untold History Revealed starts now.
1: Hi, gang, and welcome to another episode of Untold History Revealed. I'm your host, Sean Donnelly.
0: And I'm your co-host, Marianne Donnelly.
1: Well, let me just tell you a little bit about who we are and what we're doing and why we're doing this. Uh, we are the owners of Dark Shadow Ghost Tours and PanicD.com. And we've decided to take some of the information we've found over the years and put together this historical-related podcast. Uh, we're coming out every Wednesday night around nine, ten o'clock ish. Most of the time I'm gonna to try to hit nine, but sometimes life gets in our way. Um but tonight we are talking about um Alcatraz. And we'll get to reason as why we picked this as a topic tonight, but uh you know, I always thought of Alcatraz just being a prison. Did you know all this stuff about it before you- really dug into it
0: not all of it but yeah when people hear about alcatraz they either think about the prison or the lighthouse or ghosts right they don't generally think about all of the other historical things that happened there and the people that were there and um just all of the other little things like the other buildings that are on the island and things like that they literally think the only thing on that island is this prison and this lighthouse
1: true true um and geographically the way or the position of where it's at is you know number one why it was a prison but um it also you know it it, it's in an area to protect the san francisco bay from attack on the west coast um, which is why they also had the lighthouse on there, which I believe was the first lighthouse on the West Coast.
0: Yes, it was uh, actually the first West Coast operational lighthouse. It was actually built in 1854.
1: Yeah, but the one that's there now is not the original one.
0: Right, it had to be replaced.
1: Um, And it also had some military significance because of the location Correct. as well. So... I guess we'll just say the reason why we're talking about this this week is tomorrow, uh, which is August 11th, is the anniversary date of when the first federal prisoners o- arrived on the Alcatraz. Civil, civil prisoners, prisoners, right? Um, there so had it, been prisoners
0: well before that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's a pretty significant date in history. Um, mm-hmm. The the prison was actually ready to open on july 1st i believe yes if i have that correctly um but they weren't ready for the civil prisoners they had some leftovers from the from the military that were there and actually helped build the uh the prison that we know of
0: right.
1: today um but let's go back let's go back 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 to the beginnings. way back way back um I believe that the earliest documentation on maps and stuff for this island dates back to Spanish times. Yeah, Is back
0: in 1700s.
1: Um, what'd they call that? You you, you speak Spanish better than I do.
0: Un poco, señor.
1: What's that say right there?
0: La Isla de los Alcatraces,
1: Which stands for?
0: The Island of the Pelicans.
1: Okay. Um... So it was a, probably still is, but a very large bird sanctuary.
0: There were a lot of birds that were on the island. And, and when Juan Manuel de Aela actually came by and yeah, found no, it. There's no way I'd be able to see <laughs> that. When he actually Juan came Manuel by, and found it, he saw there were lots of different kinds of birds, and, and just the number of seabirds were just incredible. And that's why he called it what he did.
1: So that's how it's named, Alcatraz, just because of the island of pelicans.
0: Yeah, Alcatrazes was actually shortened as it was more anglicized. Yeah, uh, so that people like me can
1: actually say it.
0: Yes. All right. So
1: (laughs) this dates back to 1775. Mm Hmm. Um. So uh, that was like the beginning. The Spaniards documented it and named the island back then
0: yes it started to get a little bit more significant with um our president millard fillmore and he actually took the island and and signed it over for military use uh back in 1850 he decided we're going to use this it's going to be helpful to us and he made it a military uh island
1: yeah that was for 74 years is that right? 1800 to 1874? That for was for military use?
0: No, that was when President Millard Fillmore was alive.
1: Oh. Duh. Duh. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that out. Not, but okay. <laughs> uh, Alright, so during the 1850s, um, there was a fortress constructed there.
0: Yeah, basically he set it up to protect the San Francisco Bay. So it, it was all about Fillmore and his desire to protect the bay. And so they ended up bringing in cannons and all kinds of stuff uh, to basically militarize it and make it uh, a protectress, basically.
1: And then uh, 1854 is when they built the first lighthouse. Right. Um Right. So that was the first West Coast lighthouse, mm-hmm. operational lighthouse.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, the one that's there today is not the oldest, even though no. the Alcatraz lighthouse was the first over there, uh, it is not the oldest now because it was replaced. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, they had to build a taller one to go across, the like you said before, so they... It was above the buildings and could see the Golden Gate Bridge and all that stuff like that. Yeah, so.
0: I, I think that I talked to you about that. I don't think we said that to them. You didn't yet.
1: say that on. I don't know. It's I all don't a big think blur. we did.
0: But uh, basically, the idea. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, as time progressed, um, there was a. Um, an earthquake, shockingly enough, over in the California area uh, mm-hmm. back in 1906, and it actually damaged the lighthouse and then as time progressed they were they were working on fixing it and things like that but then they were also building the new cell houses on the island and uh turned out it wasn't tall enough anymore to see over the cell houses back to the golden gate and so they had to end up uh, demolishing it and then building one that was taller
1: Now, you just mentioned they were building the cell houses. The original intent for that was to be a military prison.
0: Right. And it actually held a lot of military-type prisoners. It was uh, during the Civil War. And so we were taken care of uh, holding on to the Confederate sympathizers of the area, uh, our Union deserters, uh, individuals who were involved in treason against the United States, and, of course, as we continued to push the uh, Native Americans further and further out, we also uh, held rebellious Indians there as well. So it was it was really started out as a uh, military type facility that was holding prisoners. Uh, eventually, it became a civil prison system. But um,
1: and the reason why is again because of the geographic location. It's out in the middle of the bay.
0: Yeah, and they pretty much said, "Good place for a gonna, prison." Who's going to swim that far? Right. Yeah. Of course, we know now some, there's actually a. Uh, how uh, far is
1: it offshore? Isn't it like a mile and a half offshore?
0: Yeah, and and now it's um they have a I I think it's a triathlon every year. Uh, and they actually have people that swim it every year for, for this really for sport for sport now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, I I digressed.
1: There's no way I'd be able to do that.
0: Oh, I couldn't do it either. But, and and to think they, they do that swim and they also have two other legs.
1: Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So anyways, the Island itself basically over time, um, And a lot of people probably don't realize this either. It became like its own little city.
0: Yeah. Again, as I kind of mentioned earlier, most people think it's just the lighthouse and the prison that are on that island. But they actually had other things.
1: Um, There was actually um, a a building. We were talking about that before, right? Before we went on there. Before we went on there, yeah. yeah. Uh, There was a building that housed civilians that was on there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: they, they had actually lots of buildings that held civilians. Mm-hmm. Most of them were held, and I believe it's uh, called number 64, building 64. And uh, that's where most of the civilians lived on the island. But when there were you say a few most, this says
1: there was 300 civilians living on there. Yeah. With all them prisoners and, yeah. Okay. What's
0: interesting with that note is that the number of civilians and the number of prisoners was actually about the same because um, though they had cells for 600 uh, individuals when it eventually becomes the the current penal system, uh, they literally only had about 300, about 260, 275 or so on average prisoners at a time on Alcatraz. So there were just about as many prisoners as there were civilians on the island.
1: Okay, so let's don't jump ahead here. Where are we at? We kind of skipped ahead a little bit. Well, that's but all right. um, we don't have
0: any specific order we have no, to go in. Not really. We got an hour
1: to get this <laughs> knocked out. Okay, so in the 1900s, um, they had the uh, military prisoners and they used them as, you know, extremely cheap labor.
0: Oh, absolutely. Why not?
1: Yeah. So they constructed the cell house like you said, 600 cell structure, hospital, mess hall, and some other buildings. And that took about 12 years to have all that built. Um, now, before I, in 1933, is when the Army released it and uh, it was no longer military. But what was that one thing that we found? Let me see if I can find it again about the Civil War. Um, go ahead. I you wish entered. I- you interject here. Let me see if I, I, I wish can find I knew
0: again. what you were talking about. Oh, about that imagining. one
1: uh, Civil War.
0: Oh, the, the guy the, who was in oh, charge. Okay, Johnston.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, he was one of the individuals who was early on in charge of the. What was his name? Johnston. Johnston. Yeah. yeah, just yeah like I, I can't
1: find it now, but anyways, just like your uh, basically monster. he was uh, he was the head of the island, or the, you know the military thing. Right. And when he, um, oh.
0: He relinquished his duties. Yeah,
1: he 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 was there to... I mean, the purpose of it was for the Union Army to protect San Francisco. Because half of California was Southern and the other half was Union. You know, it's a pretty big state. Yeah, it kind of... But kinda. Um, when, he, when he was discharged or whatever, when he left his post, he went to the South and actually became a, um, a Confederate soldier... And was eventually killed in the Battle of Shiloh. So, yeah,
0: that's kind of interesting because he did all that work on yeah, the he was island on both as sides. you know, the the Union, yeah. and then he eventually died as a Confederate.
1: So that's a kind of interesting little side note, tidbit, so to speak. There's actually somebody. Well, I'm sure there's more, but um, this guy was in charge of the island, and then he, he left and went become to what's fight even back.
0: Better is if he you probably think about knew
1: it. the ins and outs if he put together. Yeah, Is that what it, you're going to say? Well, Put together it, a group to take over the island? <laughs> hey, I know I know where we could go. I know where the weaknesses are.
0: No, I was thinking more along the lines that you know, for all that time, he was in charge of basically reprimanding and, and keeping in line the Confederate sympathizers, and, and then he eventually goes and becomes one himself. <clears throat> he becomes one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so in
1: 1933. And I'm I'm checking our time here because uh, well we get some we get a lot of stuff to cover about this, um, but in 1933 the army releases the island to U.S. DOJ.
0: United States Department of Justice.
1: All right, and construction occurs to make the island more secure. Now there was that one picture that I saw, and I know this is kind of bad because we're doing a audio <laughs> thing, but in 1895. They actually had, I mean, just looking at it, it looks like they had, like, a little pier and everything, like, built there. Oh, absolutely, there. yeah. So, probably when they went to make that more secure, that probably, like, went away.
0: No, the pier actually stays there. Uh, did it? And 12 times a day, they, when it was uh, the U.S. penal system, 12 times a day, they would actually have ferries that would go back and forth across from the mainland to the island.
1: Oh, you're right, we did talk about I'm jumping ahead. I I have a tendency to do that. That's
0: okay.
1: Okay, so let's move on to 1934. We're kind of getting up to the reason why we picked this topic for this week. But um, July 1st, I said this in the beginning, Uh the um, prison opens as a maximum security prison. Wonder why. It's out in the middle of the water, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, The first warden, James A. Johnson. Tell... Tell our listeners a little bit about this guy's beliefs.
0: Well, he was quite interesting as a character. I mean, uh, he had some interesting ways that he thought he was going to keep the prison population in line. I know. I think of that every time I read his name. Uh, But uh, every, every other prison pretty much had horrible food. And he's like, you know...
1: If you call it food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: He says, these prisoners, they get into a lot of skirmishes. There's all kinds of, you know... um, Riots. Riots and and things like that. He says, and it all stems from the fact that I don't think they have good food. And they they get upset about that kind of stuff. And they don't want to eat it and whatever. So he decides that they're going to have really good food at Alcatraz. And he said, and I want them not to go hungry. So as many helpings as they want, I'm going to let them have it. So they had the best food in the entire prison system of the United States. And the people who were in prison there could have as much of it as they wanted. And uh, the one of the problems with that is why it eventually closes is they're on this island they have to bring in all the food from mainland in order to feed anyone and so he's got these luxurious meals and things you know so it becomes quite costly um
1: which is probably why they never filled the thing up all the way too yeah
0: can you imagine having 600 yeah. prisoners yeah uh, whatever
1: you want it's like a cruise <laughs> go ahead you want to say here's some fruit you don't know what you want to take two
0: yeah uh <laughs> He also um, allowed them to be avid readers. Um, with that, though, it was a privilege. Y- you had um, to have food and a shelter and water. That was it. Mm-hmm. Anything else was a luxury. You had to be a good boy uh, in order to get (coughs) some of these privileges, but one of the privileges was he had a library for them, and it had over 15,000 books in it, and 75 different magazine subscriptions, and this is back in 1930s, so that's a lot. Uh, There's some prisons today that probably don't have that much, Uh, but this back in the 30s, and, you know, he was taking care of the
1: Alcatraz prison was supposed to be considered... A prison that is not a good place to be, basically.
0: Well, it was known as the prison system's prison. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if
1: you were in other places and you were very bad in those other places they sent you to alcatraz
0: right if they couldn't keep you if you escaped too many times or tried to escape too many times kill somebody kill somebody yeah they would send you out to alcatraz you never went straight to alcatraz right you know if you entered the penal system that wasn't where you were going but there were because of the food uh it was kind of of like eastern
1: state you didn't want to end up there you know but
0: but it but word of mouth travels and they they found out in these other prisons how good the food was here and some of them actually requested transfer to Alcatraz because of the good food and the fact that every single inmate had their own cell and they were like if I'm by myself, I'm not going to get sexually abused. I'm not going to get beat up. There's going to be less chance for me to get killed. So they actually were putting in requests to be sent to Alcatraz, which is interesting. I thought that was quite. Oh, this also fun. says
1: here that there was one guard per three inmates. Mm-hmm. So if there's what do you say, 300 inmates, right. there's there's over 100 guards.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, you know. I'm sure that people committed crimes just to go to Alcatraz. <laughs> it's like, I like, I'll take that guy's life. Who cares? I get good food and yeah. I'm protected. And yeah, so anyways, um, that was his philosophy in the beginning, in the openings of the prison. And then, of course, on August 11th, that's when the first federal prisons, prisoners classified as the most dangerous mm-hmm. in the penal system. Uh, arrive at Alcatraz Island. Now, um, these were the first civilian prisoners. There were prisoners already on there, from, left over from the military. Yes. Um, but could you imagine that just just rolling up on this ferry and and you're seeing this this island in the middle of nowhere and you know, of course, those guys probably didn't care, but that uh, that's just kind of. Yeah creepy thinking about that but
0: but it's being out that far and and having to take the ferry in and things like that that that's why they considered it to be an unescapable prison Mm -hmm. um because they said who's going to be able to survive in the cold waters and have to go that far and things like that and uh
1: so, let's do this. let's just keep going through the timeline and then we'll talk about some of the prison escapes. I mean there's the movie about the prison escape, and a lot of people think that's why they closed down the prison because these guys escaped no, that's not why right they closed it down because of reasons. costs and and, and a few like other that. reasons as yeah, well and we'll we'll talk about that but um oh well, that's the next thing uh, the nineteen sixty three <laughs> jeez uh, yeah.
0: I don't think you read my notes. Well,
1: I I was briefly (laughs) going through them, but... Is this the first one we've done since we've, like, officially been back on the air?
0: Well, we did Lizzie.
1: Yeah, we did do Lizzie. Okay. But I
0: was pretty much in charge of Lizzie. I'm
1: still on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to get out of it, but it's not working. Anyways, 1963, um, they shut down the federal prison. Right. But it... A lot of, I always thought that they shut it down because okay, now we have this prison that supposedly you can't escape from and these those three guys. It was it three or four or three? There were three on that three. particular Which one we'll that talk you're about, talking about. Yeah. Uh, these guys got away, so although yeah, they said that they why. didn't. Yeah. That what they say we'll was was oh yeah, okay, but um they shut it down due to operating costs.
0: That was one of the biggest reasons was the operating cost. The building was starting to deteriorate i mean it's constantly being you know in the salt having all the salt water and everything eroding and everything and um some of the buildings were starting to have some crumbling issues and it was becoming a little bit unsafe for the guards supposedly to walk on on the different um oh the guard walks i don't know what you call those catwalks the catwalks thank you um and then of course there was um a problem with the sewage.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember you said that.
0: Apparently their sewage pipe just went completely right into the bay, but they didn't treat it first. So all the raw sewage from the entire Island was just going right into the bay. So that was a, another big plug as to why they closed. And one of our, you know, famous individuals, uh, Robert Kennedy, was not pleased with this and he thought it it shouldn't be open and he made that well known and other people sort of agreed and they eventually did close that uh, march 21st of 1963
1: so yeah so march 21st 1963 frank c weatherman inmate number 1576 yes uh was the last person
0: he was the last person who was Inmate a prisoner. Yes, yeah. who left the island. He was also the last prisoner to get to the island. So he was the last prisoner that that came first ashore first in, first out. And he was also the last <sighs> individual off of the island as People well. People
1: listen. like, what did you just say? First in, first out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. um, but uh, when you came to Alcatraz, you were assigned. An Alcatraz number it was a Z dash and a number and it was some number between 1 and 1576 because that's as many prisoners as walked through those doors however technically it was only 1545 that showed up on the island as prisoners but some of them came back so they got released (laughs) To oh, other things they and they came back. New, they and didn't get their time, number back. No, every time they came back to the island, they got a new number.
1: Okay, so I get that. All right, so there's 1,545 men, but some left and came back. So we had some repeat So that's offenders. why we have,
0: yeah, so repeat offenders okay. made that number jump to 1,576. So it's not a lot. See, more, folks, but- that's
1: what Untold History is about. <laughs> that little tidbit right there, if you get nothing else from this <laughs> podcast, you can astound your friends at, at dinner parties with that little tidbit and tell them, you know, this is why inmate 1576 would. Okay, I'll shut up.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So there was an average of 260, 275 prisoners at a time. And, you know, I could see costs. I mean, 100 guards for 300 prisoners. And I don't know. You yeah. wouldn't see that today in a prison. No. But just the cost not on. Hardly. On. Uh, the uh payroll alone was yeah. probably staggering yeah.
0: now but- frank c weatherman as we said he's inmate number az 1576 he was the last inmate to come and the last inmate to leave the island and uh as i had mentioned earlier there were people who were actually requesting transfers to alcatraz when he left the island as the last person off the island uh, that was an inmate, reporters asked him, you know, about it. And he said Alcatraz was not good for anyone. So a lot of people are requesting to go there, they, you know, but he was like, yeah, Alcatraz basically yeah. sucked.
1: Yeah, you don't want to be
0: there. But when it closed, it was, a, it was technically a lot better than when it started because when they first started bringing inmates there, they weren't allowed to speak. The only time they were allowed to speak was at di- at mealtime. So the rest of the time they had to be in silence. <laughs>
1: But See, eventually, you, like a, couple years, State, right? a couple
0: years into it, they realize this isn't, like, yeah. really great for them. We'll so. give them
1: good food. You just can't talk. <laughs> so gesture. they
0: eventually re- relinquish that rule, and they let them talk. But. So
1: let's talk about this next thing, and then uh, we'll take our break and then come back and talk about some of the inmates that were there in the prison breaks okay. and stuff like that. But um, this is where I've never heard of this before. We researched this. This is actually kind of interesting. All right, so 1963, they shut down the island. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, this in, in November 20th, 1969, this is when this t- took place. But there is a treaty that dates back to 1868 that basically states if there's any
0: unoccupied
1: unoccupied federal land mm-hmm. that native americans have a right to claim that property yeah okay I don't, what's the name of the treaty i don't know okay so what happened like was you had a hundred native americans go out and claim alcatraz Yeah. And they moved on to the island.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting is it was all different tribes. It wasn't one specific tribe that said, I'm taking over. It was a bunch of different tribes that that went out there, and they lived together in harmony.
1: How long were they on the Uh, island?
0: Well, not too long, because that was November uh, of 1969. And then Nixon... Uh, basically had them all removed from the island by 1971. So June 11, 1971, he said, that's it. And they brought in the U.S. Marshall System to remove all the remaining people from the island.
1: I see what happened was their leader, Richard Oaks, he left the island in 1970 due to the death of a family member, stepdaughter or something like mm-hmm. that. So he wasn't on the island, and that's when they came in and said, hey, we're cleaning the house, you know, you got to get off here. But I find it funny what they offered to know, purchase the island. Favorite. Go ahead. Go that's ahead my
0: favorite that. thing. In, at like, So the Native Americans <laughs> made
1: an offer to the United States government to purchase the island. What was their offer?
0: Their offer was to purchase it for $24 in glass beads and red cloth. Because that apparently was the price that the Dutch settlers paid for the island of Manhattan back in 1626. There apparently, you go. Another tidbit, <laughs> folks.
1: Right here on Untold History Revealed. Uh.
0: Yeah. Apparently they knew their history. That's right. Uh, but also, apparently the United States government did not take their offer. Yeah.
1: They said, I uh, don't think
0: so. $24 in glass beads and red cloth. Ah, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> Yeah.
1: All right. So, so, eventually, what happened in June 11th of 1971? President Richard Nixon uh, had the re- the remainder of the Indians, um, well, Native Americans, um, removed from the island by presidential order. Yeah, and they, which meant they brought in U.S. They marshals brought in the U.S. Marshals and, marshals and, and they said, came in
0: and removed everyone. Yeah,
1: everybody, get off the island because in 1972. The island was declared a part of the Golden Gate National Recreation Area, which is basically what it is today.
0: Yeah, and it it officially opened to allow visitors to the island then back in 1973. And since then, there's about a million, million and a half visitors each year that go out and visit Alcatraz. Um,
1: 1,545 inmates were housed there, but a million visitors each year go out there to see this prison.
0: Right. Yeah. But something that, like you had mentioned at the beginning of this piece, that you didn't know anything about this particular facet. About the the Native Americans? Yes. No, not until Um, we started. You pointed it out to
1: me when you found it.
0: I didn't really know that. Mm Mm-hmm. But in 2012, um, there was a water tower on the island that was being rebuilt by the National Park System. And I remember this story coming out, that they left graffiti when they restored it. And I'm like, oh, that was the Indian graffiti from the Native Americans that they left. Because I didn't really know what what that was back mm-hmm. in 2012 i did i i remember the situation yeah, you hear
1: pieces and, and yeah. i'm hoping that our podcast kind of fills in the blank i remember yeah you hear pieces graffiti on the water tower wait a minute wasn't that a prison
0: mm-hmm.
1: why why was there graffiti why did they leave it and you just capture you know you just get you know you're busy you just get little pieces here and you don't delve into that story and you probably yeah. see why but yeah um
0: but yeah, normally, cool. yeah, because normally they say, you know, we're not, and... we're not in the business of keeping graffiti and restoring graffiti. We get rid of that stuff. But... What I like is the fact that the National Park Service looked at this and said, this is an important piece of the history of this island. And so they allowed that graffiti to stay. They actually repainted it in the same spots, and the same shapes, everything. Uh, And the graffiti that they left uh, actually says, peace and freedom, welcome, home of the free Indian land.
1: Which in reality, I mean, based on that treaty... It was By law They had legal rights to be there
0: Right 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 Now so. I don't, haven't looked into that treaty too much I'm yeah. curious as to um, Because it's technically still uninhabited <laughs> Well, you know, no, it's actually the National, the National Park, Park, Service. Park Service.
1: So now that land is being used by the government.
0: But it's still uninhabited.
1: But it's still used by the government. Okay. So see, that's All probably right. how they get So there's it.
0: probably some sort of stipulation in there, but yeah. I, I didn't research into that too much yet in my life.
1: Okay, so um, we're going to take a, a real quick break here, folks. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the inmates that were on the island. and Some, some of, of the, the ones
0: who tried to get off.
1: And maybe they get away with uh, escaping. Maybe.
0: We don't know. We'll get some information there's, about they, that, They too. do claim that uh, well, there's wait, none. Well, they we'll do claim that, that there's nobody it. who did escape.
1: Okay, so let's okay. take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: Calendars, close your doors, and turn off all the lights. As twice a month, BTE Radio brings you a new episode of The Haunted Spotlight. Sean and Marianne Donnelly of Dark Shadow Ghost Tours dig deep into the archives of the Panic D database and take you inside a different location with each new episode. Learn the rich history and hear the paranormal claims of some of the most infamous and unsuspecting locations from around the country. Ever wonder what roams the property or lurks behind those closed doors? Curious about the true history of that creepy house that sits down the street? Want to know what evidence a paranormal investigation group may have captured? Then find out every other Sunday and tune in to BTE Radio for another chilling episode of The Haunted Spotlight, if you dare. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay and we are back we're talking about the island of alcatraz mm-hmm. uh, not just a prison but this second half here we're going to be talking about mostly about the prison but um
0: Well we've mentioned all those other things that happened yeah about it being be, a you know.
1: military base and a bird sanctuary and uh, native americans taking it over and, and things like that but um Let's talk a little bit about some of the infamous um prisoners that were on the island. So go ahead and start it off there, man.
0: Okay. Um yeah, most of the really famous individuals who were on there. I mean, there were a lot of prisoners, but the most famous ones uh are actually mostly gangsters. You yeah. know. Shocker. So yeah like you had mentioned to me before you know well it it was pretty much the time period yeah
1: well the biggest crime back then was bootlegging you know and And gangs and things like that and yeah you know of course the federal government didn't take kindly to that kind of stuff so these guys said you know come and get me Kappa. yeah so
0: all right well anyway um the one I want to talk about first is his name is Alvin Creepy Carpus Karpowitz. And uh
1: Or they called him who they also called him Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I love that name. But you like the other Alvin version of his Creepy Carper, creepy crpowitz.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I can't even say it once, let alone <laughs> five times. But, uh, uh Anyway, he's kind of famous. I'm looking at his
1: picture right now, and I tell you what, he is kind of creepy. That's why he got the name creepy is because of his sinister smile.
0: Mm. Well, he's kind of famous for two main things. I mean, other than being a gangster, of course. Uh, But he's famous because he spent more time as a prisoner on Alcatraz than any of the other prisoners. Most of the prisoners would go um, to Alcatraz because they were being bad in the regular prison, uh, and they would go out there to kind of learn how to behave in prison. And then they would get shipped back to the other prisons once they sort of started to learn how to follow the rules. And so most of the individuals who were there didn't spend more than five years on the island. Alvin, of course... Yeah,
1: he was part of the ward work.
0: Yeah, he stayed a while. He was actually incarcerated there for 26 years. Yeah. He took a little longer to learn than the average bear. <laughs> you know, so he actually uh, spent way more time there than anybody else. And the other thing that he was so so famous for was he's the only one there were four individuals who were named as public enemy number one he's the only one of those four who ended up going to prison the other three all three of them actually got killed while while or being captured yeah um john dillinger Mm -hmm. pretty boy floyd And Babyface Nelson, those were the other three, and all all three of them were killed before they were captured. Alvin didn't get killed first, and he actually went to prison. So he is the only public enemy number one that went to prison, and he was there more than any of the other prisoners on Alcatraz. So that's kind of what makes him so incredibly famous. This was a
1: pretty tough dude yeah i mean because actually he he served his prison time and uh <laughs> he got out he so, did uh, he was actually released on parole in 1969 but they deported him to canada because that's where he was born and like get out <laughs> go back to where you're from across the border eh?
0: <laughs> but apparently so, he had a little trouble yes. doing that
1: He had problems in Canada, you know. Uh, He could not get his passport credentials because when he was a gangster in in the underworld, he had something removed, and that was his fingerprints. So, (laughs) yeah, uh, a physician actually removed this dude's fingerprints. Nice. He was definitely... um, into uh being in the crime i guess.
0: I guess so. He um, was in it for the long haul i guess. Right.
1: So he uh he settled in Montreal for a while and I guess eventually he got his passport because <laughs> 1973 he moved to uh Spain and uh he later passed away uh in 1979. So he actually passed away after you were born.
0: I know. Yeah. I was alive.
1: Um oh. now he he wrote a couple books. Mhm. Um but uh there was a little bit of controversy around his death. It was originally ruled a suicide, but they think it could have been natural causes or there could have been some foul play involved or who knows, you know. I mean, the dude didn't have any fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know,
0: yeah, they thought it was a suicide because they actually found, what, sleeping pills, I think, n- yeah. near his body. And so they kind of thought he maybe overdosed.
1: I don't know. I, I, to me, it, the guy <laughs> was 72 years old. Everything that he lived through, why would he take his yeah. life, you know? It, yeah. But that could be another podcast. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Who else was there?
0: All right, so there was also another famous gangster there called George Machine Gun Kelly. And so, for those of you who get who don't really know too much about him, he was actually uh, pretty much famous for kidnapping an oil tycoon businessman, Charles Urshel and uh, collected two hundred thousand dollars in ransom for him, which is crazy money back then. But uh, he ended up, you know, well, in prison. Urshel
1: was was kind of kind of a bright fella, so uh you know he left considerable amount of evidence that kind of pointed to you know machine gun kelly and then eventually the fbi caught on and they went after him and arrested him so yeah
0: now he was a gangster from memphis an old memphis boy yep he was from from to Memphis, uh mostly he was doing bootlegging and some armed robbery but his his big famous crime was that kidnapping of that oil tycoon uh he was uh at alcatraz for 17 years as a result of that kidnapping uh scenario that kind of he
1: started off in leavenworth went to alcatraz they let released him out of alcatraz back to leavenworth and that's where he died
0: yeah, now they called him on um, the outside world, they called him Machine Gun Kelly, but when he was inside, they didn't think that he was quite as uh, yeah, scary and gangstery as he yeah. as he really portrayed it. And so they actually gave him a new nickname while he was there. Yeah, they
1: called him Pop Gun Kelly.
0: Pop Gun Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of Machine Gun, he was... Gun, a model he prisoner. was and uh the pop gun
1: yeah he basically just kind of get along and
0: yeah but uh, what i don't understand is he was there for 17 years <coughs> he couldn't have been that much of a model citizen in there but true apparently it was much better than anyone there had actually expected so that was our machine gun kelly
1: and he ended up dying of a heart attack of all else you know <laughs> probably from all that good food at alcatraz <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah probably had a lot of good butter and <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah
1: all right so who else was there
0: another very very famous al capone
1: our buddy al capone oh yeah i think we should do a podcast on him sometime and figure out like what all prisons he was
0: in (laughs) yeah he was in a lot of them he was in eastern state he's here at alcatraz you know he yeah well he actually only spent four and a half years at alcatraz Uh, but he was one of the first inmates he was actually convict number az85 so he was the 85th convict to come onto the island so um he he was there in 1934 right when they were pretty much starting
1: How long was he there?
0: He was there for four and a half years.
1: 34, 38.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, Now, while he was there, he um, basically he was sent there because he was still uh, doing a lot of his business dealings. (laughs) In prison? Uh, In prison. Yeah. And so um, he was basically still running his Chicago operations while he was in prison. And so they sent him to Alcatraz so that he wouldn't be able to do that because at Alcatraz, they were not allowed, in the beginning we, t- we said they weren't even allowed to talk to each other except at, at mealtimes, but also they weren't allowed any visit- visitation unless the warden said it was okay so they had to be really on their best behavior and all that stuff to get that privilege to have a visitor and then once they had that privilege the warden had to specifically allow each person so if he didn't think it was in the best interest he didn't let them in so visitations kind of uh caused a problem for him and he no longer could run his operations and he eventually told the warden he said it looks like Alcatraz has got me licked but he did do something he did find something to occupy his time while he was there did you know that on Alcatraz they actually had a prison band uh, made up of the inmates and they called it They called them the Rock Islanders. And for those of you who don't know, Alcatraz is also known as the Rock. The Rock. So they called themselves the Rock Islanders, which I think is kind of exciting. (laughs)
1: Didn't you tell me they had, like, their own program? Yeah.
0: They actually, I don't know who printed them and who paid for the printings, I guess the American public, but they they had um, Sunday and holiday concerts for the prisoners, and they actually had programs that were done up with covers and everything. They kind of went through what their playlist was going to be for, for everybody and everything, and um, there's actually one that I found online someplace um that I saw the front cover of, at least, uh, from one of the times when Al Capone was actually in there. Um, they would, of course, have players in and out, as you know, the inmates were shipped in and taken off the island. But uh, apparently, while Al Capone was there, he played the banjo for the band. Nice. Yeah, so al capone the banjo player i don't know why i just never would have anticipated him being a banjo player i kind of see him with a brass horn of some kind but uh banjo it was so al capone what do you think
1: yeah Yeah. yeah
0: he's got so many stories but we'll leave it at that for the alcatraz the alcatraz section here um, I'm going to move along to my last really important, significant well, Like I one. said, Al
1: Capone, he, he's probably going to have to be a future podcast. Yeah. But this guy here that you're going to talk about next mm-hmm. is creepy. <laughs> he might have to be a podcast too. But,
0: but you know, um, this last person that I'm going to mention, I believe there was a video, a, a movie or yeah, something made about, about him as, him. as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Robert Stroud.
1: Birdman of Alcatraz
0: Yes, he was also known as the Birdman of Alcatraz And uh, (laughs) what's interesting is While he was there He didn't have any birds But yet he was called the Birdman of Alcatraz And we'll talk about that in a second But he spent 17 years on the island uh, As a result of manslaughter He was in prison for manslaughter He had killed a bartender And then when he was in prison While he was at Leavenworth Oh, okay Do you want to talk about it now? Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
1: All right. So, yes, he did kill a bartender. Yes. here's what went down. All right. So, he was born in uh, Seattle, Washington. Okay. And eventually he made his way up to Juneau, Alaska. All right. All right. Yeah. When he was in Alaska, he met a, a woman and...
0: There's <laughs> always a woman.
1: Yeah. But he was her pimp. Okay. Okay. All right, now, <laughs> the Birdman, the pimp. Yeah. He was her pimp. Okay. All right. So one night, this bartender, who was a customer, okay, was with the prostitute, mm. refused to pay her, beat her up, ripped the rock- locket from her neck, mm. blah blah blah. So when the Birdman found out about this, he goes and confronts the bartender, mm-hmm. beats the crap out of him, shoots him turns around, goes to the police station, turns in the gun, and turns himself in. <laughs>
0: That's one way. <laughs>
1: That's how he ended up in prison.
0: Okay. I did not know that. So he turned said, himself guy, in. That's we have crazy. To,
1: we have to do more research
0: <laughs> on this guy. And do that. All yeah. right.
1: Okay, so anyways. Well,
0: while he's in prison at Leavenworth, he kills <laughs> a guard. So, in 1916, he's in prison and kills a guard. Do you have any information on his prison guard killing? Okay.
1: But I do know in 1943, let's see, when was he in Alcatraz? Federal prison in uh, 42. So, in 1943, while he was at Alcatraz, Mm -hmm. um, he was diagnosed a psychopath with an IQ of 134. Yeah. This is a very dangerous individual.
0: Yeah, a smart psychopath. (laughs) You know, I just, off the
1: top of my head, I'm thinking, like, Hannibal Lecter type person. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like... It's okay to eat people's brains. <laughs>
0: yeah, but he <laughs> and didn't <here's> like. Why. <laughs> but he didn't like to deal with people. He liked to deal with birds.
1: Well, that's that's the thing is when you were you started saying, and I didn't mean you, the... But while he was at Leavenworth, he conducted this bird research.
0: Yeah, and he actually had stuff that he figured out that a lot of people were really glad that he did he and he was out, published and, yeah
1: he figured out this disease and canaries and and things like that yeah
0: farmers and ornithologists they were just so thankful for so some of his he work he was
1: using his powers for good instead of evil while he's in leavenworth But when he went to Alcatraz, they said, okay, bird man on this stuff over here. And of course he didn't like
0: that. Yeah. There were some, some questions as to whether or not he was, um, mistreating his birds that were in his experiments, um, and his studies. And so they, they said absolutely not. And so while he was there at Alcatraz, he was not permitted to have any birds at all. Um, But yet he's still called the Birdman of Alcatraz. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I had mentioned um, ornithologists. Those are individuals who study birds. Ornithology is the study of birds. So he was very big into this. by trade, he was
1: a salesman. Yeah, but but by
0: his fun, he was an ornithologist as well. Yeah, Um, but he apparently, you know, had, while he was at Leavenworth, he had and and dealt with, like, 300 canaries. Turned out, he started that because he found a a nest of birds or something like that, and he, he raised them, took care of them, and then somehow he just managed to get more and more, and he eventually had 300 at a time, and it was just crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So his his charges, his crimes in 1909, that was the one I told you about. It was manslaughter.
0: Right. That was. He that got was 12 the years bartender. for that.
1: Okay. Then he had an assault charge in 1912, which gave him six months, and then the murder, probably what you're talking about, 1916 of the guard, which yeah. he got the death penalty, mm. but then they commuted it to a life sentence. So. Yeah. Yeah. This guy could have done some harm, man. If he yeah, was so it's not, kind
0: of I guess a good thing he went into the prison he system. He took care of
1: dude. Just take me away before I kill more people. <laughs> he yeah. could have been a he, he yeah. could have turned into a serial, serial killer. It could have very easily could have, but,
0: especially with his deter uh, you know his his determination to get things done and to study things and yeah his you know, being considered a psychopath. So you got on, more on him? But, um, well, the only thing is that he eventually did, while he was in prison, get named uh, as a psychopath and h- that his health wasn't quite up to par. And so he was, in, he ended up being moved uh, in 1959 from Alcatraz uh, by his doctors, and they moved him to uh, Springfield, Missouri, to the Medical Center for Prisoner, for federal prisoners and he eventually died there so um as far as i know he did not m- misbehave while he was you know in his medical prison but
1: okay so yeah. i have some information on that uh
0: you did a little fact finding yeah
1: on that murder <laughs> okay the like,
0: prison guard murder yeah this
1: is the one that that sealed his his fate, fate so to speak okay, okay. So, like I said, the first one I told you about that where he was manslaughter charges was reduced to manslaughter charge, you got twelve years. Second one, he got six months for assaults. And basically there was like three or four different fellow prisoners that he he got into it with. Um he was trying to steal morphine from the hospital. Of course, uh people uh reported him so he assaulted them he's trying to steal food um probably to feed his birds
0: could be that could be
1: so somebody told on him so he'd never
0: have to deal with that at Alcatraz (laughs) yeah
1: so he stabbed the guy that told on him for stealing food um and then (laughs) when there was an altercation um when uh, something that happened in the cafeteria where He was going to be reprimanded for it. Basically, he was going to lose his visitation privilege with his younger brother, who he didn't see in eight years. Okay, some sort of rule violation, so it was something minor.
0: He probably tries to steal food again.
1: Yeah, something minor. And the the prison guard, like, you know, you're going to not be able to see your younger brother. This guy, like, he snaps and takes a shiv and stabs the guard in the heart. (laughs) And that pretty much was, okay, you know, you're yeah, going right. away. Yeah. So they put him in solitary confinement and, you know, charge him with the murder and got the life sentence. and Yeah.
0: All right. So that was. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: Birdman.
0: Birdman of Alcatraz, Robert Stroud.
1: And he really, he doesn't look like he's like a, a big beefy fellow, you know. But just looking at him, like, I don't think you want Well,
0: that Well, that prospect. picture that you're looking at is actually in, in 1951. Yeah. And well, he died in 59, and he was considered here's sickly. A, here's
1: his older one, so. So,
0: well, yeah, not extremely beefy, but.
1: Yeah, I, you just basically don't want to screw with him. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, some of the escapes, huh?
0: Or. Trice. Or attempts. Attempts, yeah. Uh, Alcatraz is the only prison that is maintained, that has maintained, that they did not have any escapes. But I'm not so sure I really agree with that. I guess you have to um, really define escape a little bit differently with alcatraz well
1: successful escapes
0: well they yeah i think
1: they claim that there was no successful escapes because the ones they didn't get back basically they said died or were killed
0: right Um, so So there were actually 14 different escape attempts uh over their 29 year of years of existence um this involved 36 inmates, but what's exciting and interesting for me is there was actually people, two people, who tried to escape Alcatraz twice. So two of them didn't make it the first time, and they're like, ah, let's try it again.
1: So I wonder if they escaped and they caught him and brought him back if they gave him a new number. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, gosh. Okay, all right, all right, sorry.
0: I actually could look that up because I have all of the no, prison not, numbers, I but just, I'm not going I to just, do that this it was second. A joke. But, but the funny thing is I could actually give yeah. you an answer. Uh, in any case... Um, of the 36 inmates who tried to escape, and remember, two of them had tried this twice, but they're still listed individually in there. So um, there's actually 34 inmates who tried, but 36 if you double them. That's
1: three. roughly 10% of the population tried to escape. Roughly. Rough math. Well, if you, you do say that it was...
0: at one time. Oh, at one given time. Yeah, yeah, remember. Remember. Just keep going. Okay. Don't
1: freaking listen to me. Okay. Um,
0: well, 23 of those were successfully recaptured. So they captured them in their escape attempt. Six of them were actually shot and killed during their escape. Two, they had confirmed drownings of, meaning they actually found the bodies drown. Uh, and But there were five that are listed as missing and presumed dead to, due to drowning. So there are individuals who left Alcatraz that have never been seen again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I guess you they say that they didn't have any successful attempts because they just assumed that all these people were not able to make it to shore. Now, we've seen multiple times. I mean, we have the triathlon people they they can do this there was actually i think a 14 year old girl or something like that who swam it uh just to prove that it could be done
1: yeah but that's probably based on ideal weather conditions too
0: yeah and that's something that they kind of (laughs) had mentioned these guys did not have you know the um weather they didn't have the tide times things like that that were at their disposal Um, but the two inmates who tried twice uh, were uh, Kretzer and Shockley and the ones that are the five that are missing and presumed dead due to drowning are Morris, John Anglin Clarence Anglin and then Mr. Cole and Mr. Rowe so Morris, Anglin, Anglin Cole and Rowe and uh, I'm going to talk about those guys here shortly um, but the very first attempt. Uh, remember, there were fourteen. The very first one. Those
1: five that are missing. Was that all the same?
0: Uh, no, it was two different. Two it,
1: separate. Ones. So I wonder which one. Of the one's the. I don't remember. I do. There's a movie. Yeah made.
0: the the movie was made about Morris Anglin and Anglin. Okay, all right. Yeah.
1: So those ones they couldn't find them. They couldn't find a the body. They couldn't find whatever, and they just they said for sure they had to have drowned. Right. That's what the movie was. Clint Eastwood
0: played that. The same is mentioned of Cole and Rowe as well. Okay. But the first attempt uh, was on April 27th of 1936, and the last attempt was December 16th of 1962. So, again, there were 14, but I thought it was interesting, those two, um, when you would know what those dates were. Um, But... Also, the fact that the last attempt was December 16th, the 16th must have been a day that they just didn't do much on the island. I don't know. Because another one of those, um, as I said, Cole and Roe, who tried to escape and were uh, presumed dead, they actually had their escape attempt on a December 16th also. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it could have been too. And that's around Christmas. It's 9 days within Christmas. So mm-hmm. maybe the guard population was down. Maybe some of the guards were on vacation or something for that Christmas. Could break be or something like that. That could be. That's a possibility. But now we're talking December. It's so, you know, even though it it, it, it is
0: California. California,
1: but um you know, you got those storms and everything coming in off the mm-hmm. the coast. So those waters are not calm waters in December. Yeah. So
0: yeah, they actually said it was quite cold in the prison itself during the winter months. But uh, December sixteenth of nineteen thirty seven um, was when Theodore Cole and Ralph Rowe tried to escape, and when they tried to escape. Um, what they did was they filed some window bars down and kind of knocked the the window bars out and then they escaped. They kind of went out and out of the building and off they went. They are listed as missing and presumed dead because they were believed to have been swept out to sea during an extremely violent bad storm that was happening the night that they escaped so they that night they actually had a really bad storm and the winds were really strong and the currents were really very fast and just kind of were sweeping through and so they think that even though they never found any bodies they don't think, yeah. They don't think they were successful. They don't think they made it. They think that they actually got washed out to sea and, and were eaten by sharks or whatever. They just didn't make it. Um, those two they, that are missing and presumed dead, I can see that. Um, if it was as bad a storm as they claim it had been, uh, yeah, the swells could have easily taken them out. And what do you think?
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Well, this next one that I wanted to mention um, is in 1946. So um, we talked about the two Decembers. This one here is a two-day event. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I remember, I remember <laughs> hearing about this, and I remember hearing about this as related to some of the ghost stories. Okay. Um, there were um, – two days in May. May 2nd to 4th. Um, it was kind of late on the 2nd, I guess. Um, but this is known as the Battle of Alcatraz, or the Alcatraz Blastout. And basically, there were six different um, inmates. Bernard Coy, Joe Kretzer, Marvin Hib- Hubbard, Sam Shockley, Miriam Thompson, and Clarence Carnes, who... Basically, overpowered the cell house officers and gained access to weaponry um, by stealing the officers' keys. Um, Joe Kretzer and Sam Shockley had tried to escape previous. They're the two that are the uh, repeat yeah. trials. Um, they were hoping not only to get the weapons but to get the other key to get them out of the building. But one of the guards apparently was sort of doing something he shouldn't have been or whatever. For some reason, the key to the yard door wasn't where it was supposed to be. Really? And it was one of the prisoner or one of the guards who didn't put it back where it was supposed oh. to go.
1: So you don't know what he was doing? Don't know. So, I mean, he okay. might
0: have just like had it um, so you know, somewhere else, but it, was it wasn't where be. it was supposed to and be. So they go to grab the key. And no it's key. not there. And so their attempt is kind of thwarted. <laughs> and so they're like, uh-oh. Now what am I going to do? And so what they do, they end up, they kill two corrections officers. They injure 18 of them. Um, there's Firepower back and forth between the Marines and the prisoners because it was so bad that they actually called in the Marines and three of those prisoners end up getting shot and killed um, by the Marines and um, those three uh, would be Coy, Kretzer, and Hubbard so Kretzer's first attempt he got caught his second attempt he got shot and killed now um, Shockley, Thompson, and Carnes, they ended up getting subdued and um, they eventually stood trial for the deaths of the officers. And Shockley and Thompson got the death penalty and eventually were executed in the gas chambers at Sam Quentin in 1948.
1: But Carnes. I wonder if it was. Um... It says December nineteen forty eight. Wonder if it was December. December sixteenth. 16th. 16th. That
0: would be awesome. Um, by the way, Shockley was. This was his second attempt at escaping. This first one he got. He got caught. The second one he got caught again. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't
1: a good prison escape. No.
0: Artist. No. Neither one of them apparently. Uh, but the third individual who did not die, who was the the inmates that, that were kind of on this rampage. Um, He did not get the death penalty. The other two did. He ended up just getting a second life sentence. And the reason was twofold. They said it was due to his age. He was only 19. Wow. And so he was sort of, I guess, impressionable, that kind of thing. Um, And he did not shoot any of the officers. And he he refused to shoot the officers. So they looked highly on that. And they said, okay, we'll spare your life. So he just got life sentence and didn't get executed. So that was a, a really big uh, escape attempt that kind of went south. And um, if you're into ghosts and paranormal, that's where I knew this story from, is those cells where this skirmish happened are supposed to be haunted by the individuals who were executed there. The guards. That, yeah, the guards and, and the prisoners themselves, that too, I believe. So... That was uh, the second escape attempt that I thought was quite interesting. Um, The third one that I wanna mention is actually going to be um, the very last escape that happened or the last escape attempt that happened on the island in December 16th of 1962. Um, This one here was John Paul Scott and Daryl Parker. They um, they greased themselves down with basically lard, and then they they bent the bars on a window in the basement and squeezed out the window. So, they they, they they lathered themselves up a little bit. They greased themselves down, and um and this is one that I look at and say, well, you have to look at escape and kind of define it differently for Alcatraz do you do you say that an escape was getting out of the building getting off the island getting to freedom or getting away and never being seen again
1: Were you asking me? Yeah. I think if you if you got out of your cell you escaped.
0: Okay. Well then in that case there were 36 <laughs> people who did that. Yeah. But um, this one here is interesting because Daryl Parker, he gets out the basement window and he gets out and doesn't make it really too far off the island. There was a little rock outcropping that wasn't far from the island. And he was found dead on the rock, so he's one of the ones that you know didn't make it that way. But Scott, on the other hand, John Paul Scott, he made it all the way to Golden Gate, Golden Gate Bridge.
1: That is quite interesting.
0: And he so he he did he es- he escaped the island itself, but he was found unconscious and in hypothermic shock from the cold water, and um, they took him to the hospital. They treated what him, but then he gets returned to Alcatraz. It's December, right? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Okay. So,
0: I mean, to me, he I gotta get it. home
1: to mama for Christmas.
0: To me, I think he escaped.
1: Oh, absolutely. He got
0: caught. But we have other prisoners who escape the prison. They go on their little, you know, runs through the woods. They get caught, you know, three, four days later, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know. They escaped. Why is this guy not considered an escape? I don't know.
1: Successful escape. (laughs) They caught him. Brought him back. Okay. Successful escape.
0: Okay. All right. The last one is the one that this
1: this will get back into this argument. What you're going to talk about next, because these three guys, which is what that movie was made of, right, and was you know this is coming to the end of Alcatraz, right? These guys is like those other bodies being washed out to sea. They were never found,
0: right? So this is believed uh, to in June
1: had the same fate as the two that were washed out the sea yes but keep going yeah
0: so this was in june so at least it wasn't december this time at least it's not (laughs) frigid
1: ice on the water type stuff um
0: but this is june 11th of 1962 so a little bit before the last one that i just mentioned um but i kind of wanted to talk about this one more so that's why i kind of left this one for last um frank morris john anglin and clarence anglin they ended up um, escaping with a kind of interesting escape route. Uh, they cut holes in their cell walls in, in, through the cinder block and things like that. They cut holes in there and then they made makeshift tools that they cut holes in it and widened the ventilation shafts. They used um, their work detail. To kind of get them some supplies. They actually used raincoats that they stole. To make life jackets. And rafts. And then they had arts. One of the guys was in, did some art stuff. And so he uh, painted paintings of his girlfriend. And so he had flesh colored paint. So he made paper mache heads three of them one for each of the guys uh, painted them with the paints from the art stuff and then one of the other guys worked in the barber shop and so he stole hair from the barber shop which he smuggled back to his cell by having it deposited into the cuffs on his pant legs and they glued them this onto the paper mache heads and Put them in the cell beds so that they would think, the guards would think, that they were still in bed when they were actually out on their way.
1: Well, they well, according to the movie, whether the movie is true or not, but they also put them in the beds while they were working on the escape tunnels, too. So if the guards would come by and they were in the walls doing their little right, digging they, and stuff, they would just noticed. look over... And see a body in there and just, you know, okay, yeah. there's, are asleep, yeah. so.
0: Yeah, I think it was ingenious yeah. that they used the hair from the barber, too. I mean, oh, yeah. the barber shop, that was awesome. But, um, basically, they know the route that they took because of soot that they got on their shoes, and they actually watched their footprints. They, they followed where they went by their footprints as they did their escape, um, so that's kind of make sure your shoes are clean if you're going. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they uh, supposedly got out to the water and made their way on these makeshift rafts that they made out of the raincoats. No bodies were ever found, but they did find one of the vests that they had made, one of the life vests that they made out of the rain shop, rain coats and they also found a bundle of letters from one of the anglin brothers that he had wrapped in rubber so that they would be protected from the water they found that it was kind of just floating there as well so they assumed that they drowned because they found these things wash up Um, nine months after the escape attempt they did find a set of bones that wash up on shore and they assume that these are one of the guys now, within the last decade, um, well, we've actually d- been able to do DNA testing okay. on these bones, and it was not any one of the three.
1: So it was just somebody else. So it else. was
0: somebody else.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Wonderful! wonder if it was one of the other dudes. No, I'm just joking.
0: It could have, it could have been. I don't know that they've actually tested, but um, that would be something they, they should then right okay
1: so you found out some interesting information though that just came about recently
0: yes within the last couple of years um you know nobody had seen these guys nobody heard from them they thought they drowned and uh maybe that's not quite so true maybe somebody has heard from them uh the family of the anglin brothers actually came forward a couple years ago and um, it took them like over fifty years for them to come forward with this evidence, but they claim that their uncles, because it's the it's the nephews that are that came forward, claim that their uncles are still alive. Um, they were very distrusting as a family of the FBI, and that's why they took so long to come come to them with this this information, but they were distrusting because as soon as they escaped, I mean, even though they claimed to think that they were, you know, drowned, they were on this family like crazy, you know, tapping their phones, watching everything that they did, you know. So they were, they didn't like that. They thought that they were being kind of prosecuted themselves, but um, they came forward and... They said, here is some evidence. I have Christmas cards, three of them, that the Anglin brothers sent after they escaped. So they have three Christmas cards that were um, written to their mother.
1: Well, they weren't sent, they were just left in the mailbox. They were just left in the mailbox. So there was no postage. No
0: postage. No postage at all. But the, they did some handwriting analysis, and it is a match for the boys, for, for both of them. Um, but they have not been able to identify whether or not this was from before or after. They haven't been able to really pin that down. Now, I thought that they should look at when the particular type of card was made. Um, I'm sure that if it was a Hallmark card or a Carlton Greetings card, or what, somebody has records in that corporation as to when you had this particular design, I would think. Um, but apparently they said that they have not been able to clarify um, whether those cards were made in years after or before uh, the escape attempt. So they're not sure that that's really good evidence.
1: Now this information actually comes from like a pretty credible i mean this was there was a documentary done by history channel yes about this yes yeah, so yeah it's not one of those conspiracy magazine type things right I mean, this was the history channel that actually
0: right the history it. channel so pretty did it.
1: credible news
0: yeah i read a couple of news articles about it uh and then i found a link to uh the history channel I did a video on it an hour and a half video so um
1: weren't there photographs too
0: yes so um, they also had two other pieces of evidence they were willing to help out with. One of them was that DNA match. There was a an, another brother. There were actually three of those brothers who were in prison. They went to prison as a result of a bank robbery that didn't quite go so well. Um, but those two that were in Alcatraz, they were, they were moved to Alcatraz because they kept trying to escape. Shocking, they tried to escape Alcatraz too. But um, the other brother, he did not try I guess to escape and he was left in the prison he was at Uh, apparently the family believed that he had been murdered in prison by prison officials after hearing that his brothers actually successfully escaped from Alcatraz Um, apparently he was up for parole a few days after but he supposedly tried to then escape and was electrocuted as he had tried to escape and died. So the family thought that he was actually murdered as a result of them trying to get information out of him as to where the boys were.
1: Yeah. Which so, sounds more plausible than trying to escape a few months before your parole. A few days, apparently. All days? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds more plausible.
0: So what they said <laughs> was, we'll, we'll allow you to exhume his body and remove some pieces of his body for DNA analysis that you can run against those bones that washed up along shore. And so they did that. Uh, And at the same time, they said, but we want you to do a full autopsy, and we want to know if he actually died of electrocution or if he died as a result of a beating. And they found that there were no broken bones in the entire body of this guy. So he apparently didn't die of an extreme beating uh, so they were okay with that
1: or he was just stupid
0: yeah so i'm gonna yeah okay (laughs) in any case the third piece of evidence that they brought to the table that is now considered to be the best piece of evidence that we have to date the most credible evidence to date that they actually escaped survived and got away was a photograph that was supposedly taken in 1975, well after they escaped. It was supposedly taken by a friend of theirs named Fred Breezy, who came to the family, brought the picture, and said, in 1992, by the way, because he apparently was in prison for drug smuggling or something. So he, he t- took him a while to get this picture, but apparently the boys uh, were in Brazil, and he was in Brazil, and he came upon them and like, I know you, my name is this, and they were like, oh my gosh, yeah, I do know you. And they allowed him to take pictures of their farm, they had become Brazilian farmers, and of them, and told Breezy to take this picture back to their mother to let her know that they were okay well this is in rio by the way the uh olympics right now are going on in rio yeah i say i say we send a little peeps out looking for some people but um
1: i wonder if they're sitting in the
0: they could be watching the olympics right now they'd be in their 80s right now but they you know people live into their 80s these days in any especially case,
1: Br- Brazilian yeah, farmers.
0: Yeah. Um, supposedly, um, Fred Breezy um, took these pictures, brought them to the family, and told the boys that he knew how they escaped as well. That they confirmed with him that he that the boys actually escaped by the same way that they used to tie off some things uh and do body surfing when they were kids so that they would actually be dragged along by a boat and so um there was a guy who said at the time of the escapes that he was looking across to the island that night and there was this white boat that was just kind of sitting out there for over 30 minutes and didn't do anything. They weren't fishing, you know, they were just sitting there and then all of a sudden they just left. So was that how they got away? They kind of had that boat kind of meet them and drag them out? We don't know. So that's a possibility. But this picture was taken to forensic analysts and they analyzed it and said, look, the ear pattern matches exactly the forehead size length matches exactly the indentations on the forehead match exactly and they said if it was me i'd be rounding up the posse so this is what the forensic analysts are saying about the pictures of them, um, their prison photos versus the 1975 picture that is supposedly them, they did the analysis to match the face facial recognition. And they said, yeah, the, we can't say that this is them, but if it was me, I'd be rounding up the posse right now. So did they get away? Are they living in Rio? I don't know. Who knows? You know, but... I think that maybe, you know, while we're having some people there in the Olympics, they just kind of take a little jaunt and kind of go check out the farms.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd pay for that autograph.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, they It's a non-extradition country, right? Yeah. So they're not going to send them back. It's like they're bank robbers. And they're 80-some like,
1: years old. Yeah. They're not going to so do
0: anything. So if they go out and they just find these know. guys – just these guys are going to be extremely famous, if this is, in fact, them. Yeah. You know? They're the only ones who officially escaped.
1: True.
0: You know? I don't know. But the boys, they're, they're the, the nephews of these guys, um, their ultimate goal in this is they want them to be able to come back to the United States and be buried in their family's plot in the cemetery instead of in Brazil somewhere yeah. in, in the future years. So...
1: All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap it up.
0: Yeah, ending with a mystery. That's right. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Hopefully in the future we'll find out an answer.
1: Okay, so let me throw out our uh, blog website, which is untoldhistoryrevealed.blogspot.com. I keep saying I'll be posting stuff out there, and I'm way behind, but maybe we need to get those pictures out. Maybe I need to give you, I think I gave you access. You could be posting some of this stuff. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, but also on there, you can see some of our, uh, other podcasts. This is number 15, I believe. I believe it is. So we're going strong. Um, and there's also a form on there. If you have any comments or questions or anything about this podcast or any of the others, you can fill that form out and it'll shoot us an email message and, uh, Maybe we'll talk about it on a podcast, get back to you, whatever. Yeah,
0: and if you're in in Brazil, in Rio, go check it out. If you find them, let us know. (laughs) We'll let the FBI know.
1: So for now, uh, we're going to wrap it up. And um, I guess pretty much have a good evening.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to
0: Untold History.